Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. John sent me notes, and Steve, check this out. You talk about HOAs and condo associations quite a bit, and we talk about these fights that people get in with the uh, association or the board, and sometimes it ends up with people in court. Well, John said, check this out. A guy ended up in jail. In jail. So this one is a crazy story. But as I explain it and how it unfolds, it makes sense, but it's still one of these things you look at and go, wait, shouldn't there have been some way to get this resolved before somebody went to jail? But for the New York Daily News, Rocco Perascondola wrote this, Staten Island man sent to Rikers in $500,000 condo board feud. His wife says he's a broken man. Something about New York's legal system doesn't seem right to the man who was jailed because he won't spend up to half a million dollars to meet the demands of his condo board. Now, the demands are large, but they make sense in a weird way. It's the question of who should be on the hook for this. There are people committing serious crimes who don't even have to post bail and are free, the man told the Daily News. Yet I'm on Rikers? It's absolutely ridiculous. The man's a 57-year-old grandfather. He worked 35 years in the finance industry, he says. And he says, I haven't gotten a parking ticket in 20 years. I've never so much as sat in a police car. Now, he was a currency trader by trade. (laughs) And he began his most recent Rikers Island stretch in October. And he should be released sometime after Christmas. Uh, His trouble is rooted in a years-long legal fight with the board of the condo uh, on the far northern end of Highland Boulevard in Rosebank near New York Harbor and across the street from the Alice Austin House. In 2006, the man bought a 14th floor penthouse in the building for around a million dollars. At some point after the building was put up in 1989, which would be way before that, someone had added on to the size of that penthouse, according to the building's board. A lawsuit says the addition exclusively used certain portions of the roof and is in violation of the city's building code. So they claim that this condo that the man bought, somebody had enlarged it. And number one, it used a portion of the roof it shouldn't have. And number two, it didn't meet code. But they admit this man didn't do it. Someone else did it before him. But now he's the owner, so... The man says that he learned that the 1,500-square-foot rooftop addition was completed by a previous owner, although one architect later said that the space was, in fact, part of the building's original construction. So they're not even sure about this. But the lawyer for the condo association does not dispute the owner's claims that he didn't build in the condo's roof. But he says it doesn't matter. Under the building's bylaws... The man who owns it is responsible for bringing his condo into compliance with the bylaws. Now, you might say, but why didn't they make the previous owner come into compliance? Well, apparently they didn't catch that person, which seems kind of difficult if you put a big addition on a condo in a building like this that nobody noticed the activity. The attorney says he inherited the problem from a previous unit owner, and he is responsible under the bylaws for rectifying the building violation. And some people might say, but Steve, this is so terribly unfair. Well, if you buy a condo and you read the bylaws and it says you're responsible for bringing this thing up to to our standards, if it doesn't ever meet our standards, 
you better check to see if the condo currently meets the standards. But likewise, in a legal situation, theoretically, if the condo board comes after him, he could go after the person he bought it from if that person was still around and if the statute of limitations hasn't run. The man says he's already spent more than $400,000 in legal fees and penalties and owes another $100,000 in court penalties because this matter's been in court and a court has ordered things to be done which weren't done and at one point said, if things don't get done, you're going to get fined so much per day while they're not getting done. Probably written a little more illegally than that, though. Removing the extension will cost another three hundred dollars to $500,000, according to the man. And he and his wife say they do not have any money left. They do not have half a million dollars laying around to bring the condo up to code and or the standards of the condo board, nor pay the $100,000 in court penalties. The man hasn't worked for about 18 months, and a new job is on hold pending the outcome of his legal battle. It's also kind of hard to work from Rikers. Now, I've never tried it, but I suspect it's hard. Uh, the wife says, my husband is a broken man. The events that put that man on Rikers were set in motion in 2016 when the lawsuit by the condo association was brought in, and they accused him of building the addition to the 31 100-foot property, 3,150 square feet. At about the same time, the Department of Buildings, acting on a tip, inspected the property and issued a violation for the addition, which is described in records as a sports room capped with a skylight and a theater room. So somebody tipped off the authorities who came out and looked and said, this thing doesn't even meet code. Uh, A second violation was issued three months later when the conditions were not corrected. Both violations were later dismissed by a judge for the Office of Administrative Trials and Hearings because the condo was wrongly cited on the violations paperwork as having made the extension. So somebody filed the paperwork and said, these people need to get in trouble, and by these people we mean the owners uh, of the entire thing, when the condo board wants it to be just that one single owner. The lawsuit went to trial, though, eventually, with this man losing back in 2020, and a judge ordering him to pay $126,000 in legal fees, common charges, and other fees related to the extension. Uh, The man was later ordered to pay $150 per day for each day he failed to fix the property. And again, the legal fees are something that in your bylaws, it probably says if we're forced to sue you, to bring you into compliance, uh, and we incur legal fees doing so, you have to pay those back. The judge gave the man the opportunity to demolish the extension and return the condo to its original state or to legalize the apartment by modifying it so that it adheres to the building code. Now, the attorney for the condo board says the man failed to legalize the property, though uh, the man said the plans he presented would have met that requirement. He hopes a still pending appeal is decided in his favor and is considering filing bankruptcy if he loses. Meanwhile, back in 2021, a judge who took over the case after the first judge retired, that's always a bad sign. It's, there's something about that. It's an omen. When you're on a case that's dragging along to the point where judges retire and get replaced. Uh, but number two, that means a new judge has got to come in and go, okay, what's going on here? I got to get up to speed on this case. So a judge who took over the case ordered the man held in contempt for disobeying court orders to remove the rooftop addition. 
After a series of delays, the man was jailed for 10 days in January, according to court papers. He was released because of health issues. Over the next few months, several more court hearings were held, and the man tried without luck to find a contractor willing to do the work. No one wants to do it, says his lawyer. No one wants to get involved. The property is toxic. Somewhere along the line, the condo board itself could go to court and get a court order saying that they can demolish and remove the extension and bring it up to code. But of course, that's going to cost them money, and they're going to want to recoup that from the owner. In late October, the man was sent back to Rikers under an order from the judge issued that cited his misconduct and disobedience and neglect and refusal to comply with orders to remove the legal addition. Uh, Though he's to be released on December 28th, he could be returned to jail if he doesn't move to fix the situation, his attorney said. The uh, condo board has a vendetta against him, according to his attorney, going back to when it improperly removed him as president of the board. So at one point in time, this man was the president of the condo board, and he's no longer on the condo board. And now they're coming after him saying he's got to rectify the situation with addition that somebody put on this condo. And this is one where I assure you, most people are going to say, wait, guy buys a condo. Apparently he's there for a little while because he manages to even get himself on the condo board. But somebody modified the condo by adding this big extension portion onto it that spills out onto the roof somehow. And no one in the building noticed the activity? Because I can tell you from my experience in life is that neighbors are often nosy. And there's no way you're going to have a building with a whole bunch of people living in it without at least one or two nosy neighbors. So if there's an extension being put on upstairs someplace, there's a ton of stuff going upstairs. Workers, material, etc. So I find it hard to believe that no one in that building ever noticed this activity. And it makes you wonder who the previous owner was and whether they had just a better relationship with the people in the building. They said, oh, that guy's building an extension. We don't care. We don't use that portion of the roof. But I can tell you that most people, if they were told, oh, by the way, we all bought units here, right? There's one guy who discovered he can bump out his and get an extra 1,500 square feet, and he's doing that upstairs. Oh, okay, not a problem. Most people would freak out. And they go, wait, why does he get to do that and we don't? Just because he happens to be adjacent to the roof? So somebody, somebody previously did the work that this man's now getting in trouble for. But they're not saying, hey, dude, you did it. They're going, we know you didn't do it. But it's your job to bring this thing up to code, which makes you wonder if other people had known this had happened, but for whatever reason didn't go after the previous person or didn't want to go after the previous person. I don't know. But as it stands right now, there's a man sitting in jail. And he thinks he's going to get out shortly after Christmas. And he's in jail because of a fight with the condo board over a half a million dollars. And depends on how you look at it. But it's a bunch of fines and costs and attorney fees. And there's an order there saying he's got to remove this portion of his condo 
or somehow bring it up to code. And he says, besides the fact he hasn't got the money, he can't find anyone to do it anyways. <laughs> so it's kind of like he's stuck. And he said, hey, look, I can declare bankruptcy. Well, the problem there, of course, is that some things can be discharged in bankruptcy and some cannot. And I'm not going to get into that because people always want me to get into that. They go, Steve, but what things can, what things can't? And it varies wildly from state to state. I've actually handled some bankruptcy cases in Michigan, but not New York. Not New York. So it's a fascinating story. But this right here might be the one you want to think back to when you're considering buying a condo or putting yourself in a homeowners association. Because you might think, hey, I can come in and behave perfectly well. I'll never get in trouble. And then one day they knock on your door. And they say, did you realize that your house, your unit, your condo, whatever it might be, is out of compliance with the rules? And you go, how is it possible? I just bought it. Oh, the people who lived here before you, they put it out of compliance. They sold you the house and it was out of compliance. Which, by the way, that is another potential angle here, assuming that somebody was to go after the guy he bought it from. Because I know that in a lot of states, including Michigan, when you go to sell residential property, they have a questionnaire you're required by state law to fill out. And it'll actually ask a bunch of questions. And one of the questions is, are you aware of any work being done on this property without permits being pulled? Because if permits are pulled, it creates a record that somebody can check. So somebody, if they want to do their due diligence, can go to the township or the city or whatever it is, the village, and see about the permits that have been pulled on that property. Oh, they pulled a permit to build this thing. They pulled a permit to fix this. And you can then get an idea about the history of the repairs on the place and the modifications. And so... If that had been done here, are you aware of any work done without permits? Presumably, it would have unveiled this because when the city inspectors came in, they said, hey, this does not meet code, which would have been flagged during the work if permits had been pulled. And so that's another mystery here is how all this work could get done. No nosy neighbors catch it and the building inspectors don't catch it because no permits were pulled and somebody buys the unit without finding that out. So it's a crazy story all the way around. John, thank you for sending it to me from the New York Daily News. Rocco Periscondola wrote it. Staten Island man sent to Rikers for a $500,000 condo board fight. He's a broken man, says his wife. Questions or comments, put them below. Otherwise, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. The secret of happiness you see is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less.